Hello, welcome to another episode of the Rich from Bigfooty Tiger Cast. We've got the old band back together, the original founders of the Tiger Cast, for a big episode tonight where we're going to cover off all the, the Richmond talk with the game against Essendon. We're uh, going to talk about being the minor premiers. Will Jack Rewitt win the Coleman? Can Dusty win the Brownlow? Plus a heap more. Our guest for tonight, uh, none, other, none other than Sturge. Welcome to the show. G'day, mate. I almost managed to dodge you for a full season, but yeah. uh, you managed to drag me on. Well, I mean, last season, we couldn't keep you away from it. I feel like you've been avoiding me. Oh, no, I just thought, you know, give give some of the some of the other people a go, and you've heard enough of me. No, we love having you, love having you on, so it'd be good to get your thoughts on the Tigers so far. And our second guest is, uh, well, he was a semi-regular for a long time there, and he's the, the man of the people, Wacko Jacko. Welcome back. Good afternoon, everyone. Great to be here. Yeah, and so I suppose, you, I mean, you said to me that the people want you back, so we just have to have you back on. Yeah, um, I... Oh. I've listened to a podcast this season, but... You're dropping in out there a bit, Wacko. Oh, no. So yeah, I think you've rolled off a really good gag and nothing's come through. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that and say it was a good one. <laughs> All right, no worries, sounds good. Uh, so both you gents watched the, the game on the weekend against Essendon. What did you make of it, Sturge? Um, look, it wasn't our best game, but you know I think we all expected that going in, uh, considering who we had missing. Um, yeah, look, it was good to see some of the some of the younger blokes, some of the lesser lights, put in a good performance. I thought Jack Graham was very good um, before he kind of gassed a bit, but that's to be expected coming back from a, a layoff. Um, I thought Garth was good again and proved how medley he is by staying on the ground with blood pissing from his face, much to the chagrin of some of the posters on the main board who demanded that it was actually got a... Um, a lecture from an Essendon supporter about duty of care to players, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> duty of care from an Essendon supporter, that is good. But uh, no, Garth, I thought he was quite good. I think he again proved that he's um, a pretty easy replacement if any one of the defenders go down. But I know he re-signed for us again recently, but I've got no doubt opposition people are going to be trying to get a hold of him, I reckon. Uh, Wacko, what do you make of the game? Yeah, it was pretty regulation. Um, it was. It's good to see us being able to just do whatever the hell we want and still get away with winning. Um, I sit down near the bench in my reserve seat at the G, and it was very noticeable that there were players coming off the ground that would never normally even come off once, but you know, spending sustained periods on the bench, and it was pretty uh, casual, and it just looked like a script reading out. Um, and the game itself, yeah, was had a couple of exciting bits, but it very much a game of ping pong at times. Just you know, ball comes down, Richmond defence saves the day, goes back, and we didn't really do much with it. But we got through it without injuries, and that's the important bit. So we're getting ready for the finals. Yeah, it felt like there was just sort of small patches where we would really put the foot down, get out to a four or five goal lead, and then pretty much back off again. Is that how you saw it mm. as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't think anybody exerted themselves too much. Um, but, I mean, the main thing is we got no new injuries and we got some running time into some of the players that have been missing. So, you know, we're in a pretty good spot going forwards. And Sturge, have you, um, 
I don't know, what have you made of the, the whole player management scenario? I guess we've been in a, a very fortunate spot being able to do this a few weeks out. Um, has that been one of the biggest benefits for us going into the finals, do you reckon? Yeah, I think so. Just the ability to say, look, you're not 100%, have a week off. Um, it's not going to cost us anything for you to get yourself right um, and get yourself 100% coming into finals. So it's um it's good to be in that position for once, not kind of trying to chase top four or chase top eight and kind of limping into into uh, finals as some of some of our opponents or in the case of Port, you know, limping out of finals. And what did you make of Josh Caddy's game? I think he's hit a bit of form again, kicking four goals on Friday night. I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, very much so. Hopefully he can has kind of captured his he went a bit quiet in the middle of the season, but hopefully he's captured his early season form just at the right time. Um I think we still need one more kind of a one more target up front. We can't rely on Jack and Caddy. Um we kind of need a someone to fire like Townsend did last season, whether that is Townsend or someone else. We we just I think against the better teams we need that one more option up forwards it almost looked a bit like there was a bit of a set play going on at times with rewalk going up for a mark and uh providing a step ladder for caddy he got about two or three goals doing that i think yeah, yeah that was he yeah. took a couple of hangers hangers over the pack as third or fourth man up which was good to see because normally it's jack that's the one that's trying to fly for all these marks so it was good to see someone else you know get in there and take clunk a few big grabs it felt like we weren't doing we didn't have Kenny down there for the whole game and it was it felt really noticeable when there wasn't a second person helping jack um he just couldn't get a run of the contest and um you know we can debate whether free kick should have been paid etc etc but we just weren't able to create the same kind of chances whether it was us marking or to bring the ball to ground when we didn't have that second option there so i think if anything the coaches learn a hell of a lot about what we need to have down there in order for our forward line to actually become dangerous yeah, and Dim has always said, you know, horses for courses will pick the players, especially in the forward line, that we need to based on who we're playing against. So, you know, Townsend might be slated to play against specific opponents and maybe they might even have more in consideration depending on who we, we match up against. And Wacko, what about young Liam Baker? Finally kicked his first goal after missing about five or six. Um, I think he's showing some pretty good signs. Yeah, it was a good moment um, for sure to see him get that and everybody got around him despite the uh, uh, non-intensity of the game, uh, which was still good to see. And looks like, looking like he's definitely um, going to be amongst it. Um, I guess it just depends where he fits into the team and whether he can hold a spot down, um, especially if we make any changes over the off-season. It'll be interesting to see what players are still hanging around and who's getting a regular game. I actually think he's one of the players that is out of contract at the end of this year, I think, off memory from the list on on the Big 40 forum. So if that's the case, hopefully we sign him back up because I, I like what he has to offer, especially with Higgins now moving into the midfield and the potential of Rioli to maybe play more on the wing, which we've kind of seen little glimpses of. It probably does open up maybe another forward spot. I know we've got Butler to come back in, but it, yeah, there could be a, a bit of room to slot him in. Mm. And I think his his game we've seen in the VFL is similar to that and, you know, what the same role that Lloyd's playing and the same role that 
Higgins is playing, he tends to you know accumulate the ball a bit more and run through the middle uh, rather than being a pure small forward. So thanks to our great work off the field, we've managed to develop a couple of those players and turn players who were a bit one-dimensional into those sorts of players. So there's a few of them now jostling for the same sort of spot. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. And Sturge, what about the in the dying minutes or dying seconds of the game, Rioli's chase down of Saad when, as he was about to burst through the middle of the ground and put Essendon into attack? That was a pretty special moment. Yeah, and I think anyone that was in the game day thread um, earlier in the game, I was saying, is it just me or does Rioli look slow since he came back from his injury? Mm-hmm. And then not five minutes later, he chases down probably one of the quickest blokes in the AFL, which was uh, good to see. And, I kind of ate my words there a little bit. It was just the the lunge at the end, like Saad got past Edwards, and just that last last ditched lunge was just yeah pretty amazing. And I mean, I don't think there would have been enough time left for them to win from that point, but to see that desperation at that stage of the game, um, yeah, it was really good to see. And uh, on to your point before, Wacker, how you were saying what your sort of thoughts and feelings were sitting down near the bench about it being light-hearted. Uh, I'm, I'm tipping, I don't know if you've watched the replay either of you, but I was watching it from home, and even at the start of the game, the boys were just laughing and having a joke around in the race as they were coming up because a little girl coming out with the team wouldn't hold Rance's hand. Uh, then Rancy was high-fiving all the boys, just having yeah, a good old laugh, and he said as much after the game that instead of trying to be like Koch and fire him up, he just told a stupid story and they had a bit of a joke and off they went. It's a pretty bizarre way to go about it, but it seems to be working for us. Yeah, I mean, that is part of the whole sort of culture change that we've implemented over the last two years or so. Um, And, you know, same thing, we had the media coverage of Higgins telling the joke at halftime or whatever and that sort of stuff. And it looks, all the players, they look like they're enjoying their footy and they really love being around the club. And that's, you know, really important for us holding on to players now that we are having some success and having to cash out a bit more money for players. Um, it's good knowing that the blokes are happy to be there and they love the club. It's such a different side to seeing football players like that. You're used to seeing, you know, that steely look in their eyes when they take the field. But it is, it's such a breath of fresh air to see players smiling, having a laugh, enjoying it, but also getting the job done. So I think we've done really well to find that balance. Um, and, and as much as Buckley doesn't want to admit that they're not copying us, they are, because I think uh, they're very much trying to do the same thing. And anyone that's seen, like, uh, Alex Rance or Jack Rewalt at things like the player sponsor events, um, you see, especially Alex Rance, is just a natural uh, talker. He's a natural, you know, entertainer. Um and I guess that came out a little bit in what he was doing pre-game. Um, he's very, very funny when he's actually, you know, relaxed and just chatting and talking like a normal person, like you said, outside of that football sphere. So it wouldn't be right for him to try and copy Trent Cotchin, you know, you've got to do your own thing. And his thing is being, you know, that natural entertainer. Yeah, 100% agree. And he pretty much said the same thing, that he was never going to try and be like Cotram because that would have been impossible for him to do. So really good to see all the players sticking to their strengths, whether it be on the field or off the field or kind of in between. So very good balance they've got at the moment. Uh, Wacko, I want to ask you about uh, finishing minor premiers is a pretty big thing for us. It's the first time we're going to do it since 1982, so a very long time between drinks. But do you think there's going to be any additional pressure on the playing group to succeed in September by finishing first? Kind of like what felt like happened to Adelaide last year and anyone else really before that. 
Well, it's been about two of my lifetimes since the last time we were minor premiers, just about. Um, so it's certainly not something that I'm used to, and the players are the same. Uh, but I think we've been pretty lucky that the opposition have, and the supporters and media have all really still hated us. You know, it wasn't like the Bulldogs where everyone was on our side. And they've been saying we were unworthy and stuff. And we sort of, I think we've had enough ammo. Dimmer would be collecting little snippets from uh, opposition coaches and players in the media to feed the boys. And I think there's still, you know, enough motivation to prove that we're good. You know, it's not like the media are now saying, oh, you know, it's Richmond than daylight. But I don't think they'd be feeling that at all inside the playing group. So I, I think there's more pressure, but I reckon the way that they'll be dealing it and framing the situation, it won't have an impact negatively. And Sturge, do you reckon it helps, I suppose, coming off the back of a flag, knowing that every week the opposition's going to be hunting you at their absolute best, trying to knock off the reigning premiers? Is that going to hold us in better stead going into a finals campaign after finishing first? Because it's kind of already dealing with those expectations. Yeah, look, I think definitely we've been hunted and we've seen teams, you know, adapting parts of our game plan all season. But um, I think one thing I noticed, especially in the grand final parade last season, was you looked at the Adelaide players and they kind of had this air of we're the best, where we finished top, we've got this in the bag. And you watched our blokes in the cars and they were just really enjoying it, um, you know, having a great time, having a laugh, having fun. And I don't think anything's changed for us this season. Like we were talking about Alex Rance and, you know, we're still having fun, we're still enjoying it, but we know there's a job to be done. And I believe 17 times we've finished in the top two and 17 times we've played in the grand final. So, um, you know, there's a little bit of pressure there to keep that record up, but I don't think they'll be feeling the pressure because they've shown all season that they can still enjoy what they're doing but still get the job done at the same time. I think the uh, culture that they've made too is going to be really important um, in dealing with those things because we're not, you know, trying to make this team of super people or something that the mission was very much to bring out everybody's strengths and, and to be yourself and, you know, to enjoy the, the camaraderie and the, the family of the club. So I think that the culture they've developed will definitely give us a leg up in dealing with the pressure and expectation. Yeah, I think having been there, done that before, should hopefully hold them in good stead. And speaking of finals, Wacko, um, who would you ideally like to face in this first qualifying final? So, I mean, it basically comes down to Hawthorne, Sydney, Collingwood or Melbourne. Um, but for Melbourne... To have to play us, it means Collingwood have to lose to Fremantle, and GWS as well could also play us if Collingwood lose to Fremantle. Um, so probably they're probably more on the unlikely side of things. Uh, but yeah, so do you have a, a preference or someone you would rather play or not rather play? It's it's kind of funny because every week we come up against teams, and I feel confident no matter who it is. And throughout the game, I feel pretty confident, even you know when we get a bit of a scare against the Cats or whoever. But looking at that list now. I sort of don't. <laughs> I don't really want to face anyone, um, but at the same time, I think if we play GWS, which is unlikely, but that would be great because they've beaten us. So you know, same with the Eagles. Um, 
we've we've got a bit of motivation, you know, to fight back. Collingwood, I would be comfortable with, but you know they've played us twice and been beaten, so they're going to be red hot, wanting to beat us. Um, and the Hawks, you know, Clarko is a a great coach, and you know, who knows? So. I'm I'm not actually going to be able to take any of them. I <laughs> couldn't pick a favourite out of them all. I don't reckon. What about you, Sturge? Is there any preferences or team you don't want to meet in this first qualifying final? Um, look, I think it's really going to come down to we'll play the winner of the Sydney Hawthorne game. Um, and out of those two, look, I would hope we, we would get the job done no matter who our opponent is. Um, you know, there are some teams in the top eight that are probably better than some of the other teams, but uh, there's no real preferred opponent or anything like that. I just back our boys to get the job done regardless of opponent and get the week off and go straight into a prelim. In saying that, I do think that Hawthorne have probably looked the most fragile at times throughout the season that I've seen of them um, out of those clubs. So I'd probably take them. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same sort of thought process as you, Wacko, where I've, I've not really felt nervous while watching us play. Uh, when the game starts, I will admit, during the week I've maybe played it down a little bit, as my mates could attest to, but once watching the game I've always felt like we've had control, I had the ability to get back into games that we seemed like we might be out of. So I think I wouldn't have any issues with Hawthorne or Sydney, especially being here. Um, I don't know, Collingwood, I'd rather not play for the simple fact, I mean, the crowd-wise, it's going to be a 50-50 split. And any advantage that we can give our guys from a crowd motivation perspective, you know, is always beneficial. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, would rather not play them, but I think Hawthorne or Sydney are going to be the likely opponents. Um, and I think, I mean, on paper, we should really be able to account for both of them. Yeah, definitely. I've got a, a question through on Twitter from Jordan G, which kind of ties into what we're talking about. Uh, Sturge, I'll put it to you. Jordan's uh, sent through. It seems that premiers these days all have a late season loss that kick them into gear before finals. It nearly happened last week. Will that count? Uh, well, actually, I was talking about this the other day. Someone posted on our board our last six flags, three of them, we've had a final round loss to Footscray. So, you know, make of that what you will. But um, if we did happen to lose this week, it bodes well, given our history. That's an interesting stat. What are, what's your thoughts on it, Wacko? I reckon... The way we've we've managed things and sort of gone into games, you know, and the Cats game and the Essendon game, we sort of let them back in while still taking the four points home. And I don't know if it's necessarily a fact that the loss is what you need, but I think the players, you know, they won't be sitting there saying, we've got this no matter what we do. They're, they're going to have to turn up and they know the teams can take it to us. So I reckon next week we are going to come out and be firing on all cylinders. And I think that should carry into the finals. And I don't think we're going to need a loss or a rocket to get going. Yeah, I think it's more just the scare factor, I think, isn't it? That, okay, we took the foot off, they got close, so we are going to have to play at 100% for four quarters. Not that they wouldn't do that anyway, but um, yeah, like you said, just knowing that it's not going to happen. Um, so there's uh, the last few weeks have kind of developed a couple of little, little other buy stories uh, running alongside our finals campaign. And one of them kind of, well, for me anyway, come from nowhere. 
which is Jack Rewalt's now sitting first in the Coleman medal. Now, I know we're all about mm-hmm. the team performance, wanting to win the flag, and I fully get that, but Jack being the unselfish play that he's been for the past, you know, four or five years, I think he deserves a chance to win it, but I don't want it to be at the expense of being a, a Rewalt-centric team this week against the Bulldogs. So he currently sits on 60 goals with Ben Brown on 58, and they're playing St Kilda, the Kangaroos. Franklin's on 57, and they're playing Hawthorne, and Tom Hawkins on 56, and they're playing Gold Coast. Um, so there's every chance that Brown and Hawkins in particular could kick big bags against the Saints and the Suns. Where, where does this come from, Sturge? I mean, to me, I, I mean, I know the 10-goal haul obviously shot him up there, but it just kind of feels like it's come from out of nowhere. Uh, I think he hit a purple patch a couple of weeks ago and has been just slowly picking up bags of 4, 3, 4, and then, yeah, the 10 jumped him up into the lead. Um, and I think the best thing that could potentially happen is Ben Brown loses to Jack by one or two goals and then not only did his uh, two crucial misses at the end of the North-Richmond game cost them the game, potentially cost them finals, and it cost him the Coleman medal. So I think that'll be excellent for amusement factor. Narrative. You really put a lot of thought um, into that answer, haven't you, with uh, just how you want this to, to map out? <laughs> Yeah, it would have been better if uh, North missed finals on percentage, but um, yeah, look, we'll take two out of three. But like you said, we're playing on Saturday, same time as the Cats, um, and then North with nothing to play for are playing the Saints in the last game of the round. So really, if they wanted to, he can be at his flopping best and they can try and play it like we played it with Jack against Gold Coast and I think especially after what Dimmer said after the Gold Coast game we won't be playing funny buggers you know if Jack kicks three or four Jack kicks three or four if he kicks none then he kicks none as long as the team does the team thing yeah I think with the position we're in there's no doubt the players won't be thinking about it they really will be treating this like a tune-up for finals but it will be interesting to see if that body language changes you know, if there's 10 minutes to go and hypothetically if we're 35, 40 points up, just if that does shift, I'd like to think it won't. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting little story running side by side with our finals campaign. And the other one that's kind of really crept up even more than the Jack Rewalt one is the Brownlow medal. Um, Dusty's had a, you know, if you ask any Richmond supporter, they'd probably all agree that Dusty had a pretty quiet first half of the year uh, for his standards. I mean, for other standards, it's probably exceptional. But uh, for what he did last year compared to now, it was a little bit different. But you look at his last half of the year, and even the AFL Brownlow predictor actually has him currently leading on 22 votes, with Cripps, Gorn, Tom Mitchell, and Yo all on 21 votes. Now, we don't know how accurate that actually is. But, uh, Wacko, is Dusty a smoky to take home another Brownlow? I reckon that business about Dusty having a quiet year is fake news, Michaels. Uh, yeah, no, he's he's been doing perfectly fine. And I think the fact that We've spread the load amongst the team. means he's not standing out as much. But, I mean, he's still tallying up stats and he's winning games and accumulating a lot of the ball and he's been consistent. Um, so, I mean, he's as good a chance as anyone to take it out, really, and the umpires do tend to take notice of him. So I think it's definitely well within the realms of possibility. And do you reckon Sturgey's biggest... Um, I suppose, opponent in that regard is probably going to be Tom Mitchell. Is that how you would view it? Uh, my view is he's no chance, and that's all I'm going to say. Mitchell or Dusty? 
Ah, uh, Dusty. And okay. Mitchell should have been suspended, but, you know, it would have looked good for them, for the AFL, if, you know, the fourth or fifth line. should have line. been suspended. That, that really annoyed me that he wasn't rubbed out for that. With And nothing to do with Jack Graham being a Richmond person, but the week before, Graham gets rubbed out for the elbow to Zwarko, yeah. I think it was, and Mitchell has to make more of an effort to elbow a bloke two foot taller than him, and nothing. But anyway, I'll, I'll save that if for a different show. Mitchell we discussed wins. that last time Mitchell I was on the podcast. Probably did, yeah. <laughs> If and Mitchell wins the Brownlow, it'll yeah. be the worst Brownlow since Woe Woden. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. I've, I'm on record with talking to my mates about this, and they, they, they think I'm crazy, but I don't think Mitchell is damaging whatsoever. To me, there's a reason why coaches are happy for him to get 40 or 50 touches, because he doesn't really do a lot with it. And I fully get and agree that every team would love a player who gets the ball that often, because it is useful, and he is a good player, don't get me wrong, but... He doesn't hurt other teams, and I would take 25 to 30 of Dusty possessions every day of the week. I'd take yep. 20. I don't think I'd even need 25 or 30. Take 20? <laughs> it just makes oh. you too predictable when, you know, if 40 of your possessions are coming from the same player, imagine that in our game. I mean, we hardly even get players over 25 possessions most weeks. Yeah, that's true. The last month of year, they've all been mid to low 20s, which has been pretty phenomenal. Yeah, so a couple of little interesting stories to watch um, unfold with this last game uh, coming up this week. Before we get on to the preview for this week's game, Sturge, uh, we were going to do race and toast, but we weren't sure how we're going for time. But Sturge, you wanted the floor for 30 seconds. Yes, mate. I just want to quickly toast a specific person. just wanted to say, when I first floated the idea of running a podcast for the board... I uh, never expected someone to step up and do such a good job. Um, and, you know, we've got media people, Tom Brown, following the <laughs> podcast Twitter and stealing news from the Twitter. Um, we're getting mentioned on the official Richmond podcast. Um, you they know, used to love us an apology as well. A community. Um, and so I just wanted to toast you, Michaels, and say what a fantastic job I think you've done. Uh, with everything related to the podcast, and I think everyone that's been on and everyone that listens would agree with me. So I know you're a bit sceptical about giving me the floor, but I told you to be all right, and I yeah, wanted to toast you today, mate. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I, I just hope that this isn't one of those you've got the full support of the board moments, but I'll take it on Facebook. <laughs> no, no, I appreciate that. It's been a blast. I'm glad you, um, yeah, I'm glad you took me on board, and it's been, I mean, really, I'm close to claiming success for the team if you want to be honest, I mean, since we started, we won a flag and we finished first. So it's uh, it's not a coincidence, surely. No, no, it was all us. Yeah, all yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> and you've popped it on your resume as well. You're you're getting it out there too. It's all happening. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. No, it's, uh, no, it's, been, it's been good fun. And hopefully we can have another big final series. And with any luck, we'll be doing another grand final podcast at uh, the end of September, early October. All right, we'll, uh, we'll move on to the preview for the big game for this week, round 23 versus the Bulldogs. Um, it's in the sense of ladder positions, I guess it's a dead rubber, but as we sort of mentioned earlier, the Dim has already said in his uh, press conferences that we're going to play the strongest team available, and to me that just indicates that we're using this as a real tune-up for the finals. Uh, for maybe three or four days now, i felt that we've been holding back a bit the last month, so I'm actually expecting us to come out and touch the doggies up, to be honest. Wacko, what are you expecting for this game? 
Yeah, I agree with that. I reckon if they come out with a full-strength team, um, they're going to be firing on all cylinders. And I would say watch out, dogs. And that's nothing against the dogs. I mean, I think they've got a pretty good list together and they've maybe had a bit of a down year. Uh, and they'll, they'll no doubt bring their best. They'll want to finish on a good note. Um, but I just think we might fire a bit of a warning shot to the rest of the teams come finals time. Um, Sturge, what are your thoughts on the game coming up this weekend? Yeah, I just I feel like or maybe I hope that um, we've still got that level to go up like we did last year for finals. Um, and we've kind of been, because we've been in this position where we've locked in top two early, we can you know, um, have those heavy training loads, and maybe that was why Geelong got so close, and we had another couple of down games where it kind of looked like guys were running on treadmills or running through quicksand. Um, so like you said, I think we can step up here, and guys you know, guys on the fringe will be trying to push a case for finals, Um especially those that maybe didn't get a go last season. But I think, you know, the ones that didn't play last season were Shorty and Higgins. Um, and they would both be, or Shorty especially, would be amongst my first pick at this point. But, mm-hmm. you know, your fringe guys like your Conkers and and that will want to push a final spot. They've got a lot to prove. So to think so we have nothing to play for is... Um, not exactly true because there's plenty of guys in the team that have a potential grand final spot to play for. So they'll be looking to put their hands up. They won't want to treat it as a dead rubber. They'll want to prove to the coaching panel that they're the ones to pick and they can go up when the pressure goes up in September. I, I know I suffer from this, but do you have an element of fear about that maybe we don't have another gear? We don't have that switch? Because, I mean, I've been sort of saying it and thinking it the whole, like, you know, the last few months that, yep. You know, we're, we're won by five points, 20 points. And we've taken the foot off the pedal. I reckon we've got another gear to go. What if that's not true, though? Is there a fear that that might be the case? Or do we sort of all have pretty firm belief that we've, we know what we're capable of and we know that we can go up another notch? I think that, uh, I mean, we do, we do we even need another gear? If we play three games at the MCG for the finals, nobody's beaten us so far this year or in 20 games. So I'm pretty happy if we just scrape through on this gear. I'll be even more happy if we've got another year to go to. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of comparing it to last year when we definitely went up a gear in finals. Um, so is it a case of we're playing at that level and everyone else has come up to our level or are we playing, you know, not at our best? And you see it in some games, we kind of, we just turn it on at the flick of a switch and I think that's, what we can do, but do that for four quarters rather than, you know, turn it on and off as required to win games. Uh, and this will sound extremely arrogant, but if we do those that, if we play to that level that we flick the switch at for any more than 15 minutes over two quarters, teams won't come within 30 points of us. Our teams won't come within 100 points of us. Like, the way we play in those patches is scary. Um, I don't know if it's sustainable for an entire game, but if that's the kind of footy we're going to produce for extended periods of time in final series, and even this week against the Bulldogs, which is kind of what I'm hoping to see, to be honest, um, yeah, it could be a bit of a watch out for the competition. But I'm um, speaking back... What we showed last year, too, uh, in the finals, we don't need to play that footy. You know, it's we can we can grind for half a game and then flick the switch 
in the, the fourth quarter or third quarter. So it's not even about doing it for four. True. It's just getting ourselves into a good enough position to then bury him later on. Uh, just back to the Bulldogs mm. game quickly with some matchups. Sturge, Rewalt versus Morris is probably the likely matchup, and we obviously t- talked about Rewalt before, maybe hoping to kick three or four goals himself. How do you see that one playing out? Uh, look, let's be honest. I've watched maybe one and a half games not involving Richmond this season, um, and since this is apparently the first time we're playing Western Bulldogs, um, I, besides, you know... Your bonts and those guys, I really couldn't tell you the first thing about how Footscray are playing, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, <fair laughs> I appreciate the honesty, that's fine. No, it'll be a good matchup. Morris is uh, obviously a seasoned veteran and he'll be wanting to make sure he holds rewalts. Um, bonts and Pelly, you mentioned before, there's whispers that he may not play after a knock he copped in the game last week, but um, hopefully he does, because watching him and Martin go head to head would be something pretty good to see as well, I reckon. Yeah, Bont, always uh, good to watch. Um, yeah, I don't know why, maybe if he has got a knock, there's no real point risking him getting a serious injury that puts him out of pre-season. So, and there's no real there's no real benefit for the Dogs to try and win this game, really. I don't know how their ladder position would go regarding whether they win or lose, but um, yeah, so... And, uh, Hopefully you want to see them at their best, but yeah, there's no real incentive for them to be at their best. No, that's right, other than just a, a pride factor. And Wacko, what about for us, our changes? I mean, obviously last week, Cochin, Prestia and Asprey all sat out, and they all uh, probably really would have played. If that was a game we had to win last week, they would have all played. So I would anticipate all of them coming back in. Are the outs pretty straightforward. I mean, I, I've got written down Baker, Lloyd and Garthwaite. Um, I mean, all pretty unlucky, really. But is that how it's going to pan, pan out, you reckon? I reckon that's probably pretty close. I think the only one that's more likely to stay in would be Garthwaite. As we kind of, a couple couple of people have toyed with the idea of keeping him in, you know, to pinch it in the ruck or hit up forward or maybe even rest Rance. Um, having, you know, one player out isn't going to affect us going into finals, you know, as much as resting three or four um, of our top five. So, but I think that's, yeah, the obvious changes. And it's just fitting Lambert in. Well, I mean, that's right. I was going to say, before we get to predictions, I would like to ask you both about the Lambert situation and even Butler as well, to a lesser extent. With both of those guys having that ankle surgery um, and the club's pretty much said that they're getting him ready for the first final... Do you see any risks in playing either of those two? Butler, yes. Lambert, no. I agree with that, Stuart. Yeah, agreed. Butler, yes, been out for too long. Lambert, no. But um, Missed a lot of footy. The, I guess the advantage we have is that the VFL team will hopefully go deep as well. So if required, there is you know, actual games for him to get a little bit of fitness back. I wouldn't want to see us rushing in underdone players. Um, and, in, you know, in regards to the changes we were talking about before, I know people have said that uh, Grimes took a knock last week. So, you know, if he isn't 100%, there's a way to keep kind of Garth in. Garth and Asprey play, Asprey play full back, centre-half back, and Rance does 
the big footy favourite of float around on his own doing his own thing in kind of that third tall role, which would be fun to watch. You know, letting him roam free could rack up the Mick Hurley 30 possessions and do do as he pleases all day. I mean, if that's right, that Grimes did cop a knock, I would have no hesitation in, in resting him because his importance to our side can't be undersold. He's been massive this year. Oh, he's been our best defender by a mile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Easily. And I, I mean, I know the club obviously has got the take-no-risk approach, and I hope that, that flows on. Uh, the other player I want to ask you both about uh, come finals time is Jack Higgins. He's obviously made a pretty big impact on the side. Started off as a small forward, probably wasn't doing as well as we all would have hoped, uh, but then his work in the midfield has been pretty good. Come finals time, if all these players are back and available, is he going to keep his spot in the side back, oh? I think so. Um, I mean... He's been a, a big game performer too. He's had some big moments in big games, you know, kicking those goals or getting that intercept off possession um, that's required. So I think he's going to really thrive in the finals if he's in the team. Yeah, I agree. I think I think he's, especially you heard the stuff pre-season they said he did went out on his own and did 1,500 running sessions with a running coach and all this kind of preparation stuff. And I think he's one bloke who not only is he um, you know, a bit of a character and brings a bit of personality to the team and all the guys obviously enjoy getting around him, but I think he's the type of guy that would thrive under finals pressure and maybe go up a notch. And like you said, he has been very good once he's moved into the middle um, and there's definitely people I'd have out before him. And the last one, Reese Conker obviously made his return last week after rolling his other ankle in the VFL. I thought he had a pretty good return. Do we consider him a lock? I mean, I thought his work on the weekend was good with uh, having no Koch and no Prestia. Do you reckon he he hangs around, Sturge? Yeah, I'd have him before, um, like a Brandon Ellis, um, maybe before a Macintosh as well. Actually, there was a um, another a question come through on Twitter from Terrelgan Tiger. I'm assuming this is in relation to finals. If it comes down to a choice of Broad or Ellis, who do you go with, Wacko? Depends on the opponent. <laughs> um, I, I was advocating today playing Garth as a extra back and shifting some of our defenders up the ground a bit. Um, so I think... Between Grimes and Broad, we would have the attacking power to match what Alice can do going forwards, and we'd be sure at the back. So I wouldn't be opposed to Nathan Broad being kept in. Sturt, what about yourself? If you, if you had to pick, if it come down to it, Broadie or Alice, who would you go with? Uh, they don't play the same role. I think, for me, the best back six is Rance, Asprey, Broad, Grimes... Uh, and then Short and Vlosten on the flanks. Um, and then that would make it down to Hooley or Alice as the two. And I'll take Hooley over Alice every day of the week. Yeah, that's a fair enough assessment as well. All right, before we let you both go, we'll get some predictions for this week's game against the Dogs, including margin. Sturge, we'll start with you. Uh, if we cruise 30 or 40 points, if we decide to really flick the switch, could be... Up around 100. Oh, wow. Well, I like that. Uh, uh, 
I'm not going to give you a number, but I'm going to say that we're going to kick 20 goals and 16 behinds. Oh, that's very specific. I like that. We'll have to drop that one down and see how close you get. Uh, I reckon we'll win by about 35 to 40. As I say, I think this would be a bit of a curtain raiser and real good preparation for finals, and I think we're going to go fairly hard at the doggies on the weekend, um, and I'm not sure they're going to be able to handle it over the course of four quarters. Just a reminder, the game is on Saturday 25th of August at 2.10pm at the MCG, and we're going for 21 in a row, which is a massive effort, so make sure you get down and cheer the boys on. Sturge, Wacko, Jacko, thank you so much for coming on tonight, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Go Tigers. Absolutely, go Tigers. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also, keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers.